Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. You're about to listen to an episode from Modus, the family con, where we dig into how an unknown company became one of the most infamous cases of pandemic profiteering in the world. Intrigued? Get updates on the latest episode releases by following Modus wherever you get your podcasts. A famous French writer once said that behind every great wealth is a great crime. And after the year 2020, you could say that after every great pandemic, there's a great new billionaire. And the story you're about to hear will make that billionaires. You see, in the first global pandemic of our lifetime, everyone in the world was scrambling for medical supplies. And governments handed out contracts fast. And they spent big money. They probably heeded Winston Churchill's advice. Never let a good crisis go to waste. Hi, what's up? You're listening to Modus, the Farmally Con. I'm, I'm your host, Lord De Vera. And this is the story of how a little company with no money, but with big ambitions and even bigger connections in the highest places of government became the big, ugliest face of a corruption scandal in the Philippines during the pandemic. Modus, the Farmally Con, is a Puma Podcast production made possible by international media support. COVID in the Philippines was defined by two things. One, by the sheer length of lockdowns. And two, by the bewildering number of rules made in the name of safety. That were not exactly grounded on reason and science. The voice you just heard came from someone pleading with police after having been caught violating curfew to pick up a food delivery. Just literally a few meters away from his doorstep, cops in military fatigues with rifles roamed the streets, poking sticks into people's bags and peeking into people's cars, pulling over motorcycle riders probably to search for that big nasty monster called COVID. You could not go anywhere without a face mask or face shield. It was a crime. In December 2020, it was also mandatory to wear face shields outdoors. And despite there being zero evidence that plastic stops the transmission of the virus, nursing staff were overworked, burnt out, and either severely underpaid or paid very late. 
Meanwhile, the police chief was given a splendid birthday party right in the middle of another hard lockdown, complete with balloons, roses, and a custom-made birthday cake complete with the image of his favorite Japanese cartoon robot. And public frustration and anger was beginning to swell. On August 4, 2021, a 39-year-old lawyer from Marikina suffered a massive heart attack. And he died quite suddenly. Uh, namatay siya sa heart attack. Nabanggit ko lang naman na ano ho ba usually nakakakos ng heart attack eh, kung stress po yung buhay, yung stressful na buhay ng auditor na gumagawa ng tamang trabaho. His name was Jake Simafranca. He did not even live to see his life's greatest work published, but remember the name. You see, Jake was the lead auditor behind the report on the Department of Health's use of pandemic funds. Colleagues like former Audit Commissioner Heidi Mendoza whose voice we heard earlier, praised him as a good and honest man in their eulogies. But Jake left us a parting gift. In his 11-page report, which was released just a week after he died, the word deficiencies appeared several times. As in, quote, some 67.3 billion pesos worth of various deficiencies involving public funds meant for COVID response, were noted, end quote. And that one word started it all. It generated a flurry of headlines, it prompted congressional hearings, and it triggered outrage from the Filipino public, who had sacrificed so much because the government said it would lead us out of the pandemic. Oh, and the president sure was outraged too. COA is the Commission on Audit, a constitutional body independent from the executive branch of government. And the key word here is independent. President Duterte, who once made a joke about pushing an auditor down the stairs, was outraged at COA not at its findings. Stop that flagging, God damn it. You make a report, do not publish it because it will condemn the agency or the person that you are flagging. Ang ginagawa ninyo is F-L-O-G-G-I-N-G, flagging. Hampas. Duterte thought that the audit agency was probably in cahoots with the big bad media, out once again to smear the reputation of his administration. And by now we all know that this was a man who can be oversensitive to criticism, especially when it's directed at his chosen men. Just ask Health Secretary Francisco Duque III how many times he's tried to resign. Not only did the president refuse to let him, but Duterte actually stuck out his neck for him. Duque had been under public fire all throughout the last two years over what the public had perceived was the country's bungled COVID response. In a flash, the Secretary of Health, 
Supposedly, the allied commander of our campaign against COVID became the much-hated face of governmental incompetence. He was blamed for insisting that borders stay open, even to Chinese tourists, for fear of causing diplomatic offense. He was pilloried for not securing vaccines sooner, for health workers not getting paid, and so on. And that's just some of the items on the rather long list of blunders. And when the audit report came out, the usually calm and composed Duque, well, got a little emotional. Winarat na ninyo kami eh! Winarat na ninyo! Ang dangal ng DOH! Winarat ninyo ang lahat ng mga kasama ko dito! Wala pa rin akong tulog! Ilang gabi na po ito! But let's set the record straight. First of all, audits by law include an exit meeting with the agency being audited. Auditors base their recommendations not just on paperwork but on interviews as well. In other words, Duque was given the findings before these were published. Here's co-chair Michael Aguinaldo talking about how they did everything by the book. Yung audit report is a requirement by law that has to come out usually by June 30 of every year. So may time bound rin yan. Now, before an audit report is issued, there is a lot of due process that is actually followed. So it's not correct at all to say na walang due process. Second of all, the health secretary doth protest too much. The auditors did not actually say that corruption was committed. Remember the magic word? Deficiencies. All the auditors pointed out was that in the rush to procure supplies, officials missed or ignored many things. Here's Aguinaldo again, speaking at a congressional panel. Yung tukol sa DOH, uh, nagtabas po kami ng statement saying na wala naman po sa findings that there was any money lost to corruption, fund transfers, and, and the like. In fact, we have relaxed so many regulations in order to address the needs dito sa pandemic na to, no? Of course, we still have our duty at the same time, to ensure that, you know, funds are actually accounted for. The last thing you need to know about the audit is that annual reports on all government agencies are published on the COA website. There, they remain, more often than not, ignored and unread, except by people whose job it is to actually read them. In fact, COA did not even tell the media it's been uploaded. And if it had been an ordinary year, and if media people were just too lazy and dyslexic, the hustlers could have very well gotten away with the scam. But it was not an ordinary year. In the frantic summer of 2020, medical supplies were in serious shortage. Hospital workers were left with no choice but to keep reusing their personal protective equipment or PPEs, while surgical masks were being sold for 10 times their pre-pandemic prices. The first world was hoarding supplies and outbidding poorer countries on practically everything. Masks, gowns, gloves, ventilators. Against this high-pressure backdrop, the DOH quietly transferred around 42 billion pesos or more than $800 million to the Procurement Service of the Department of Budget and Management. 
I say quietly because there was no contract signed, no memorandum of agreement, no public announcements. The PSDBM acts like a shopper for other government agencies. It buys office supplies in bulk so that it's cheaper and then sells them back to the agencies. And when the pandemic broke, the government's buying unit was headed by a man named Lloyd Christopher Lau. You could describe this guy in three Bs. Bald, bespectacled, and brash. You can also add a fourth B. He's fraternity brothers with the president. But there's a fifth B. And you can say that it's the one that matters the most. Lau used to work for Christopher Bong Go, Duterte's former executive assistant turned senator. In a matter of speaking, he's like Mama Mary. The intercessor to the highest levels of power. Or, for that matter, he's like Jesus Christ. No one comes to the Father except through Bong Go. And we'll tell you more about the audacity of Lloyd Christopher Lau later on. Now, you may argue that buying staplers is entirely different from negotiating PPE prices. And you may be right. And so PSDBM ordered more than 100 million units of surgical masks and over a million face shields between April and May 2020. It thought it could sell them back to the government agencies at 14 pesos per mask and 124 pesos per face shield. Except four months later, suggested retail prices were set. Two to four pesos for face masks and 26 to 50 pesos for face shields. It was only practical. The other agencies turned to private suppliers instead. If you couldn't do the mental math, let me help. That was nearly 100 million pesos in profit down the drain. And so the boxes sat in the warehouses, gathering dust. On August 13, 2021, the Senate Blue Ribbon Committee took up the cudgels for all Filipino taxpayers. Senator Richard Gordon, the committee chair announced that they were launching hearings into the deficiencies related to the Department of Health's pandemic spending. The Blue Ribbon Committee is no stranger to high-profile investigations. It was also responsible for looking into the fertilizer fund scam, the pork barrel scam, as well as allegations of extrajudicial killings in the war on drugs. But this time, it would put Gordon on a collision course with the president, with whom he had generally been on good terms up until then. Today, I tell you, you are not a president the Filipino people can respect. Nobody talks to you in international conferences because nauna yung reputation nyo na mapagbura, mapusok, at talagang sinasabi nyo, kill, kill, kill. Hindi ko papayag ang Senado ng Republika ng Pilipinas na ilihis ang investigasyon. Dalingin kami sa ibang patutunguan ng kasinungalingan, ng kabuktutan, ng pandarambong, 
na pumapatay ngayon sa ating mga kababayan. Duterte, for his part, continued to use his pulpit to belittle the investigation and the auditors. Huwag ho kayong maniwala dyan sa mga mga investigasyon, investigasyon. Kita naman ninyo walang nangyayari. Puro lang, uh, we will investigate, investigate. Pagkatapos yan, it begins with the bluster. Matapos yan, uh, i-whiff. But things started to heat up when the spotlight was turned to an unknown company with absolutely zero track record in business and no money. So how did a bunch of business nobodies end up bagging the most expensive government contract to purchase COVID equipment? And what does it have to do with a Chinese businessman of questionable repute with decades-old ties to the president? And does the stench of crime go all the way to the highest levels of power? There's only one way to find out. And that's to stay tuned for our next episode. listening to Modus, the Farmally Con, and I'm your host, Lord Levera. This episode was written by Regina Ley. Research from Izili, Katrina Ventura, and Carl Joe Javier. Edited by Mark Casilian. Modus, the Farmally Con, is a Puma podcast production made possible by international media support. Follow us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen. And you like what you heard, Please share it with a friend. Take care. Maraming salamat po. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.